on this week's episode, stay tuned at the end for a quiz that can get you a free gift. Two lucky people will get that. Uh, But the actual episode is about two ways that you can really save the 10% early withdrawal penalty by investing, using your retirement accounts to invest in a fitness business. So we're going to dive into what those two are, uh, some of the things that the naysayers, specifically Wall Street, might say that that is a negative for the strategy, but I'll teach you how to do those. And as always, thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, Fit Pros? Welcome back to Building Your Wealth Muscle. Today, we're going to continue the the short series on self-directing and more importantly, from a like a why perspective, like what's the whole purpose, is ways to avoid the early 10% withholding penalty. So let's really, again, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I, I encourage you to do so because it basically breaks down. But I'll give you a quick recap of, of why the term self-directing matters because we want to really myth bust the stigma around retirement accounts in general, specifically for younger people, because most people are aware that there's early withdrawal penalties and those are 10%. If you pull your money out essentially before the age of 60, it's like 59 and a half, but let's just call it 60 for this simplicity. So we're going to dive into ways that you can still access this money for investments and buying assets, which you may not be aware of because I'm sure you know somebody or somebody's a friend of yours or someone's parent that uh, maybe a friend's parent, I meant that maybe rated their 401k or IRA to start a business. And regardless of whether or not that business is now successful, they likely paid very significant penalties and taxation to pull that money out. So we're going to talk about how you could potentially do some of your business ventures without pulling the money out, letting your retirement vehicle make those investments for you. So that's the whole, that's the whole purpose. We want to myth bust that. And this is not to be confused with some of the ways that you can pull money out for financial hardships. Like we saw during, we're going to cover those on a future episode. And one of the other reasons I don't want to dive into that right now is there is something called the secure act 2.0. So in Congress, actually talking about different proposals. So that will potentially change soon. So once, if that passes Congress, we'll go over some of those changes. So I don't want to go into them now. And then we, we find out they change within the next couple of months or whenever you're hearing this, maybe they already did. But that being said, we want to talk about ways that you can invest in fitness businesses. Again, this can be real estate, doesn't matter, but businesses that you're comfortable in without paying that 10% penalty let the retirement, like you personally are not making the investment, your retirement accounts, making the investment. 
And one of the other reasons I find this topic helpful is because I try to do my best to give you financial advice that's fairly agnostic to the type of investment that you want to make, like just making smart moves with your money, whether the end tax efficiently. And you're not going to hear this advice from the major financial firms. Uh, one reason is because most of the bigger firms are not allowed to give tax advice, which is great for the smaller firms that are, but it also makes sense why they are not allowed. If they have thousands of advisors, they can't control which advisors, or I shouldn't say control, they can't monitor closely which advisors have the expertise and which ones do not when it comes to taxation. So as a general rule, they say you can't do it. So you might have a financial advisor that you're friends with or that you work with at one of the major firms. I'm not going to name any of them here, but the major firms, you know what I'm talking about. And they frankly are often not allowed to give you this type of advice. And the second reason is conflict of interest. Because again, a lot of them exclusively get paid to give you advice based on the money that they manage for you. So if you start doing these things, by definition, you have to move your money away from them because they don't have the the capability to do these types of investments. You So that being said, again, like take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> the reason I like to talk about these types of investment strategies is because most people will not talk about it. And again, I focus on fitness entrepreneurs and you and myself as an entrepreneur, we have a different mindset. We want to invest in things that we feel we have control over the outcome or at least a, a higher degree of control than just putting it in someone else's hands. So that being said, let's do a brief recap of last week which was what is self-directing. And it's basically when your retirement account sits at a financial custodian that allows you to invest in basically whatever you want. So that could be crypto, it could be real estate, it could be notes, it could be a fitness business, basically anything. The only, the only things that it can, the only three things that it cannot invest in are collectibles like fine art, even some NFTs now because that are considered collectibles. It cannot invest in life insurance and it cannot invest in S-Corps. So we're going to dive into two ways you can buy a fitness business through your retirement accounts, but you'll learn and we'll dive into it. It cannot, it can just not buy S-Corp businesses. It can buy LLCs. It can buy partnerships. It can even buy, buy C-Corps. It's just a rule inside of the S-Corp. So it's not really even an IRA rule. It's an S-Corp rule. So I'm not going to dive into that. I think I think I talked about that last episode. So again, I highly recommend you go back to last week and listen to that. So let's dive into the two ways you can buy a fitness business with your time. And for simplicity purposes today, because I will say at the, ons, uh, at the start of this, this is all doable, but there is a, depending on what avenue you go down, there's a decent amount of complexity here. So like anything that's really good in the tax code that might, and these, I'm not saying these are loopholes, but there's a lot of boxes to check and potentially some complexity with formation costs. So you always have to keep that in mind that it's not just saying, like it may not make sense if you're doing a $5,000 investment, but if you're doing a $500,000 investment, bringing on the team of people to help you so that you can purchase it through, let's say your Roth IRA or something like that could be a huge advantage. So I, I'll just, I wanted to preface with that, that, you know, we're going to give you some cool strategies, 
but they're not free of some complexity. There's a lot of rules involved. They're called there's prohibited transaction rules. There's self-dealing rules. And basically the, the overall concept of why that complicates things is because you can't benefit from the activities of your IRA. And so I hope that sounds easy enough to understand because that's the general theme of everything we're going to talk about. And if you say to yourself, Hey, this is something I really want to explore. And either you hire my, my team or reach out to somebody else to help you with this. That's going to be the central theme of the advice they give you. You can't benefit yourself. And I'll give you a, this is not an episode about real estate, but I'll give you the easiest way to understand this with real estate. You couldn't buy a property with your IRA and then go vacation yourself there when it's not rented because you're benefiting yourself with something that your IRA owns. So that's me. That's an easy way to think of it. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So why I say this to you is because for the purposes of this, I'm trying to pull some complexity out of it just to give you the overall creativity to say, you know what? Whenever I'm looking at an investment opportunity, do I personally want to make the investment or could one of my retirement vehicles make the investment? And along the lines of that, that second scenario where your retirement account makes the investment, this is what I want younger people to think about because I think retirement vehicles get a bad rap for people that are 30 or 40 years away from age 60 because like, crap, I don't want my money locked up with like a 10% penalty if I decide to touch it. And that's a fair way to look at it, but this is hopefully going to start to peel away at that saying, well, the money's locked up from me personally spending it, but it's not locked up for me doing what I do best with my knowledge. And again, if that's buying fitness businesses, recognizing a, an opportunity in the fitness arena, and, and you want to deploy your retirement resources, that this is going to be the episode where you're going to learn more about that. So the first way is something you've heard of before, most likely, and that's just borrowing from a 401k. So again, we want to avoid taking money out of retirement vehicles that you're going to pay taxation and early withdrawal penalties, which again are 10%. So you can borrow from a 401k. You can't borrow from an IRA, but you can borrow from a 401k. And so the rate to do that is prime plus two. And the amount that you can borrow is the lesser of two things. It's either 50% of the account balance or 50 grand. So if you have a $100,000 401k, you can borrow $50,000, the maximum. If you have a, an $80,000 401k, the most you could borrow is 40k. And you have to repay it. So here's the advantage and why this is in this conversation is because you can pay that loan back with the profits of the fitness business that you're that you use to acquire it. So you're borrowing Again, for simplicity, we're bar you're borrowing 50K, you're buying a fitness business with that 50,000, and now that $50,000 debt is the obligation of the business. Well, technically, it's your personal obligation. So again, that's where some complexity, yet you have to bring your accountant in on this, you know, because it has to be done, whether it's your accountant or your bookkeeper, it has to be put properly on both 
uh, on your business. Because the advantage here is your business is going to repay that loan. And the interest that you, again, we just talked about it's prime plus two, the interest that you pay back into your own 401k, you're giving back more than you you borrowed because you pay interest to yourself, you're your own bank, but that's a deduction inside of that fitness business you just purchased. So again, that's why it's like a, a pretty cool thing. Now it's limited to 50,000. And if you don't have much in your 401k, then that might even like, if you only have 30,000, and then you could, again, you, in that scenario, you can only borrow 15. So it's not super exciting depending on what you're trying to do. But conversely, it there's this is the least complicated way to do it. And again, you unless, unless you want to get hit with the taxes and penalties, you do have to pay the money back, which is a pretty good deal for most people because, like, like I said a few minutes ago, what I also want to make aware to, especially the younger listeners, that we're often hear advice about, oh, oh, don't invest in retirement accounts. They have these lockup periods. This is ways that you can access that money to grow your net worth. Because again, you're not just taking it out to spend it. You're taking it out to invest in a business that you are confident in and you are repaying it back with interest. So you're, again, if you borrowed 50, you're putting back in more than 50. So that's the first way to do it. A very simple borrowing from a 401k and then repaying it back and the business gets the deduction for the interest expense. Now the second one is going to take a little bit more time to explain and I'll be candid. I'm not, I'm going to do my best to simplify it because there's a decent amount of complexity on the tax side because now we're going to talk about you buying an operational business again, like the same, the same thing before with the loan, it was an operational business, but it didn't impact your retirement account after the, after the start, you, you borrowed the money. Now you're going to pay it back. Now you're done. The complexity inside of the 401k is basically over. Um, assuming your accountant, uh, record everything properly and you pay on time. So now the second one, you're going to buy an operational business. And again, for simplicity purposes, you're buying this business from a stranger because I, I meant to, I meant to bring this up a few minutes ago and I think I derailed myself and, and lost my train of thought, but the rules, when I was talking about, you can't benefit from it. There's also rules where you can't benefit certain individuals, namely family. And again, there's some complexity there where like sometimes siblings are like siblings are okay, but parents aren't. So I'm not going to get into that. If again, if this is a strategy you want to use, these are all the rules you and I are going to discuss or whoever you decide to hire to help you with this. But for the simplicity of today's example, we're going to say that the business you're going to buy is from a friend who's not related to you or a complete stranger. Because again, when, when you start dealing with either yourself buying, trying to buy a business from yourself or from a family member, uh, you're potentially triggering a bunch of prohibitive rules. So there's enough complexity we're going to get into in this next scenario. I'm going to limit it to, this is a, a friend, a non-family friend or a stranger that you're buying this business from. So if you do buy this or shit, when you buy this business from them, there's a certain, there's certain things that, that you cannot be. 
Like you have to be an administrative or management role here. So again, like we talked about before, similar to real estate, you couldn't stay there because you're personally benefiting. You can't have a salary in this scenario. You can't be compensated by the business personally. You have to, you cannot be a day-to-day person. So if you're looking to do this inside of another company, you have to think of what administrative things you can do because you can't be a worker bee in this business. You can, there's certain things you can do. Like you can check in on management. You can, you can oversee the financials and things like that, but you can't be the the day-to-day guy or girl. So you can't be doing labor same way. Again, this is not on real estate, but real estate has all the easy examples. If you were buying a rental property, you would need to hire a construction crew to do the rehab. You can't go in there on the weekends with a, with a hammer and start making the improvements. That's just one of the rules. So it's the same thing with an operational business. You can't quote unquote, go to work with your hammer and start fixing the business. There needs to be a management team in place and the management team can't be your family. So again, that you'll, you'll notice that theme, especially if there's something you really want to look at. All the things that are going to make the most sense are when you're doing it with basically strangers, you know, like trying to pull family members into these operational businesses that you're buying. There's potentially ways to do it, but you're adding a lot of complexity. And again, I would highly recommend you get, you bring in a professional to oversee this, to make sure that you're not stepping on uh, any of these uh, violations or what the IRS calls prohibited transactions. Uh, side note on that, if you do step in on a prohibited transaction, again, I'm recording this uh, May 1st of 2022. Part of that SECURE Act that I talked about before, there are proposals to change the penalties for committing uh, a prohibited transaction. So if those get better, obviously I'll bring that up to you, but just know right now the prohibited transactions are very serious because as I'm recording this, the rule is if you prohibit do a prohibited transaction in your retirement account, you have to liquidate the entire retirement account as the penalty. So that's that's pretty steep penalty. So, but that's potentially coming to an end. But that's I, I say that to say, as I'm recording this, the IRS takes these prohibited transactions very seriously. They don't want you personally benefiting from this. But there's a lot of things you can do. Again, in private prior episode, we talked about Peter Thiel and how he has a $5 billion IRA doing things like this. Our least favorite rhino, Mitt Romney, very same strategy. He was buying private businesses in his retirement account, and that was very successful for him financially. Again, I have nothing good to say about him as a politician as of late, but uh, his tax strategies with his retirement accounts, I, I do applaud. So anyway, in that scenario, you, again, I want to keep this high level and simple. You bought the business from essentially a total stranger. The rules that you need to be aware of, you cannot take a salary or compensation from the business again, because then the business is essentially paying you personally back and you personally don't own the business. Your retirement account does. So Here's here's where I'll, I'll just say one more thing until I get into a little more complexity with the the scenario I just talked about. If you were looking to buy a business where you said, you know what, I do want 
to be operational. I do like I've got however many hundreds of thousands of dollars in my retirement account. And I do want to buy this business and I want to be the CEO and I want to run it and improve it and turn it into something huge. That's actually completely doable. And I'm not going to get into the details because quite frankly, they're, <laughs> I don't even fully understand all the complexity of it, but it's called a Rob's rollover on a business startup. And it's a very complicated structure, which I don't fully understand. But if this is something you're interested in, reach out to me and I'll put you in touch with the team that uh, basically taught me about it. Again, I went to the self-directed summit a couple of weeks ago. As I'm recording this, it was a couple of weeks ago. And again, these guys are the experts on it. And actually, I believe even they refer this out to a law firm that that's all they do. But I think they said on average, this is probably going to run you, I think, I think they said ten to $15,000. So again, you wouldn't even consider this, in my opinion, unless you were putting multi-six figures into a deal and you want to do it right. So, but I said to say that is if you have this idea and you're like, oh, Pat, I heard Pat say that you could do this. You can, but you do need to bring in experts that this is all they do and this is their specialization. So now let's dive into the last piece of number two, which again, you bought, you bought the business, you're non-operational, but it's an operational business. So this is just something you need to be aware of. I don't, I'm not going to teach you how it all works because quite frankly, you don't need to know it. You just need to know it exists because when you start hearing some of the complexity, you want to know why. And more importantly, someone might try to talk you out of this. Some, some Wall Street person might try to talk you out of this. And you want to know what they're talking about so that you can make an informed decision on your own. Now, a retirement vehicle, for the most part, does not pay tax. I say it for the most part because when you buy an operational business, you personally don't pay taxes. Like if you bought, bought something with your Roth IRA, you personally don't pay taxes. But in an operational business, you do pay one particular type of tax because retirement vehicles are exempt from like dividend income tax, like anything that's like an investment income, they're exempt from, but they're not exempt from operational income. And that is called a UBIT tax, unrelated business income tax. So again, you're going to, that is the tax that is paid by the IRA itself. And so the reason for doing that, and whether you agree with it or not, I, I would rather situations where you could have an operational business not pay any taxation. But the reason the IRS claims is that they level the playing field for you so that if you're running a fitness business personally and I'm running a fitness business out of my Roth IRA, I can't undercut you on all the pricing because I don't have to pay any taxation. So if we're both running a multi-seven-figure business, I'm getting a 37% discount than you are because I'm not paying any top tax brackets. So that's why they throw this tax into the retirement account. Now, like everything, I bring that up to say there's a way around it. Basically, what you're doing in this scenario, instead of trying to pay your 37% UBIT tax, you can throw some complexity inside of it and convert your business from an LLC into a C corp. And again, this is another reason why you're like, well, I'm a small business. I don't care about corporate tax rates. 
Another reason you give Trump a pat on the back because he got us down to 21% on the corporate rate. So these sorts of things do impact you, even though you may feel they, they do not. So I tell you just that because I think that's important for you to know because someone from Wall Street, they're going to try to talk you out of all of this because one, they don't want you to leave, roll your money away from them. And so they'll say things like, oh, well, you're going to have to pay taxes. And that is true, but you're paying taxes on just the operational income. At the end of the day, the, the things stay inside of your retirement vehicle. And the other portion that I talked about last week, when you evaluate doing this, it's not about necessarily, do I do this in my personal life or do I do this in my retirement vehicles? It's what are you good at investing in? Because you have all these opportunities with your retirement vehicles. So you don't want to feel you shouldn't maximize your retirement accounts because you like to do uh, business acquisition or because you like to do real estate or because you like to do crypto and, and fidelity won't let you do it there. You should, as an entrepreneur, say, hey, I want to maximize my retirement vehicles because of all the tax strategy and things like that. But you can also do the things that you love to do and or are good at investing in. So don't let people talk you out of it because of Ubitax, because it's not a traditional stock or bond. You can do all this. So again, if the, the main recaps here are you can pull the money out as a loan. And then the business will pay it back, pay back the loan with a deduction on the interest. Or you could purchase the business as basically an overseer. You're more, you're taking a very passive role. And again, you can still be the hundred percent owner in that scenario, but you're, you're taking an administrative or management role. You're not a day-to-day person. You're not getting a salary. You're not getting compensation. And in that scenario, the second scenario, you will likely be hit with what is called UBIT tax. And there's a way around that with, uh, again, you're adding some complexity. So with all these things, take with a grain of salt that, or I shouldn't say with a grain of salt, just assume what, when you do this, the dollar amounts need to make sense because everything that I'm explaining to you for a qualified law firm to get this legit for you, it's going to be a few thousand dollars, which again is not, a big deal per se, but if you were looking to do something for five or 10 grand, you may not feel it's worth it to then uh, pay that transaction cost. But like I said, this UBIT tax that people could potentially talk you out of, they also might talk you out of it because they don't fully understand it. And that was me a while ago, like when I was new in finance, I think this was like, I don't know, 2013 or so, my client got a letter from the custodian saying they owed tax, but it was just a notification of the taxation they had to pay. It, it wasn't actually tax they owed. It was the tax their retirement account owed because uh, one of the publicly traded companies that it was holding, uh, whatever transaction they did generated some of this UBIT. And it was just notification, hey, we're going to pull this tax on this day. And the the custodian did all the, the work. It was just a notification. But I remember climbing like, why do I owe taxes? This is an IRA. <laughs> At the time, I was like, I have no idea. I was so confused. But <laughs> again, this is also why you work for big companies. They don't teach you this. You know, they don't teach you tax. They don't teach you any of this stuff. So it's very possible that they'll talk you out of it because of this. 
but it's normal. It's the operation. It's because it's operational business, not investment income. Sorry, it's operational income, not investment income. It's normal. And using the C corp inside of your, like converting the operational business to a C corp. Again, there's not many reasons why us fitness entrepreneurs will like not us, you fitness entrepreneurs and me as an advisor to fitness entrepreneurs. Um, I'll almost never recommend a C corp to you under this current tax law, but in the retirement world, if you were looking to do this, uh, that might be a very advantageous strategy for you adding the C corp election to your LLC. That's running this business inside of your, your Roth, for instance. So don't let that intimidate you. Don't let anyone from wall street say this cannot be done or there's taxation that's prohibitive because there's ways around that uh, where you can lower it down to the current bracket of 21. And again, most people, depending on how much money your business is making, 21% would be a great tax bracket. So especially if you're a multi seven figure earner and you are even a multi six figure, if you're not married, um, and you're considering doing this, it might actually save you money to do it inside of a retirement vehicle. Because again, now you're dropping it down to 21%. And if you're maxing out the federal tax bracket, as I'm recording this, you're at 37. So I hope this is helpful. And then the last piece of this information, I have to give a shout out to the, the two lawyers that you know educated me on all this. That's KKOS lawyers and that's Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler. So I'll give a quiz. Uh, Mark, I'm sorry, Matt Sorensen has a book that explains everything that I've gone over the last two episodes. It's the self-directed IRA handbook. I love it. What's funny is they said at their last conference, <laughs> this his book is actually handed out by some of his competitors to their new hires. So even though they're his competitors, they are giving their new hires his book to educate them on self-directing because he is the authority on this. So I have a, a free gift for the first two people to DM me. Well, first you have to take a screenshot of a five-star review on iTunes and then tell me what you, uh, UBIT stands for. I said it in the episode or you can probably Google it just as easily, but I'll send out a copy of his book on Kindle. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I was, I read on Kindle, but if you want the actual book, I'll, I'll send that over to you. So two lucky people can get his free book from me because I honestly, like, I think, I think it's extremely valuable. You'll, you'll probably pick up a lot of things that I uh, didn't have a chance to mention, or maybe there's an investment strategy in there that I wasn't aware I should be, you know, bringing up for people. But, uh, so that, that's, uh, so for the people who stayed around to the end, they, they get that to hear the opportunity to win. So it's, again, it's Matt Sorensen's book, self-directed IRA handbook. Uh, the first two people to screenshot their five-star review and correctly tell me what UBIT stands for. All right. As always have a great week. And the last, last thing, again, you may be following for a while and may be aware, uh, we help people with their, their fitness business and everything from tax planning, tax filing, running a promotion as I'm recording this 
if you're local to the Vegas area and you're a member of the fit club gym, we're running a promotion there to file taxes for the trainers and the members. But this is what we do. So if, if you have questions or your current financial advisor is not bringing any of this stuff up or inside of your business, you need help with tax projections and forecasting your numbers or just understanding your numbers. Quite frankly, a lot of business owners, this is not their core competency. Like I, I enjoy it. I, I know a lot of business owners don't. So that's why we're in existence. So if you need help with any of that, uh, DM us. My Instagram is at Pat Darby biz, but I should have said that actually for the contest. Yeah. Sorry. The quiz DM me at, at Pat Darby biz. So, all right, everyone, you have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.